Hello and welcome to your October Investor Update. I'm Gary Shepherd, investment writer here at Nutmeg. This month, I have the pleasure of being joined by our Chief Investment Officer, James McManus. Hi, James. Hi, Gary. So, James, uh, September was defined by monetary policy decisions globally and by fiscal policy in the UK with the Chancellor's pro-growth tax-cutting mini-budget. Um, what's been your team's take on these policy actions? Well, let's start with monetary policy, and that's action that a country's central bank or government can take to influence the flow of money uh, in an economy. And the first tool that policymakers have in their armory when it comes to uh, monetary policy is raising interest rates. And with inflation still a problem, you know, interest rate hiking cycles globally have accelerated somewhat. In the US, where inflation stood at 8.3% in August, the Federal Reserve has implemented a third consecutive 0.75% hike in interest rates in September. Uh, interest rates in the US now standing at 3.25%. Uh, and the median estimate actually now of all 19 Fed policymakers suggests that rates will climb to around 4.4% by the end of this year and around 4.6% by the end of 2023. In the UK, where inflation stood at a little higher than the US, around 9.9% at the end of August, the Bank of England also increased interest rates uh, by a further 0.5% in September to 2.25%. Though I think it's fair to say many in financial markets had anticipated a bigger move than that. Uh, market expectations in the UK would suggest the bank's uh, monetary policy committee will follow this up with some quite significant moves before the year's end. Uh, we're expecting about a 2% rise in interest rates by December, and interest rates in the UK are expected to breach 5% in the first three months of 2023 as it currently stands. And what about fiscal policy? Um, this has had a greater impact on markets, at least domestically, after the Chancellor's budget. What are your thoughts? Well, that's right. Fiscal policy refers to a government's use of spending and taxation to influence the economy. And in cutting income tax, uh, cutting stamp duty and, and capping energy prices, the mini budget was really a bold move, which has so far at least not been as positively received by markets as possibly uh, the Chancellor expected. Both the pound sterling and UK government bonds or gilts. Uh, falling in value post those announcements. Now, at one point on Monday, the 26th of September, the pound registered close to $1.03, actually its lowest value uh, since Britain went decimal in 1971. However, the currency has recovered uh, significantly uh, by the end of, of last week, buoyed by revised figures from the Office of National Statistics, which showed the UK economy actually grew by 0.2% in the second quarter of the year after those initial estimates showed a 0.1% contraction earlier this year. So therefore, the UK is not actually in an official recession as we had previously expected. However, the fall in bond markets has been more damaging, with the Bank of England required to step in with a promise to buy long-dated gilts at whatever scale is necessary to restore orderly market conditions. The Chancellor even later U-turned on the plan to abolish the top rate of income tax for the highest earners in an attempt to placate markets. What exactly has caused so much volatility in UK government bonds, and, and why is the Bank of England so concerned? Well, remember that bond prices are inversely related to their yield, meaning that as investors demand more compensation for the risks of greater borrowing 
UK government bond yields are rising to be much higher than they were six months ago. And indeed, we actually saw record moves in gilt yields for consecutive days in the wake of the mini budget. Now, those higher yields mean uh, lower prices for existing bondholders and also steep losses in the UK gilt market. So what are investors so worried about? Well, uh, you know, the announced tax cuts and support packages will need to be funded from higher debt at a time when government debt levels have already been greatly expanded in the previous couple of years. Now, borrowing again to fund growth is quite an abrupt change to the more fiscally conservative previous regime, and it raises the fiscal risks for investors. Put simply, investors are worrying about the sustainability and the affordability of further borrowing from the UK government. Now, there's also the issue of the tax cuts being seen as potentially contributing further to issues with inflation, given that they free up income in an already supply-constrained economy. And that means, as I've already outlined, expectations for further interest rate hikes from the Bank of England. And again, it's another reason for bond yields to rise. Finally, as the price of UK government bonds fell rapidly after the mini-budget, this had knock-on effects through the complex financial market infrastructure, particularly in the UK pensions market. Now, large UK pension funds typically deploy complex strategies to hedge future risks on interest rates. And when gilt yields moved quickly, funds were left needing to sell gilts to provide more cash to sit behind those strategies or to cover positions that were suddenly exposed. And all of that adds to the selling pressure and was one of the key reasons that the Bank of England stepped in to support the market on financial stability grounds. Now, it's this type of volatility that we try to caution about often when investors try to time markets. 30-year gilt yields move by more than 1%, uh, only to fall back by a similar amount after the Bank of England intervened. And it's a great reminder that volatility can work both ways. And when markets are volatile, it's often best to focus on the long term. So how has all this impacted client portfolios, um, especially those in low and medium risk categories that have more exposure to UK government bonds? Well, to put it in context, 2022 has been the worst year for government bond returns in over 25 years. And so that will clearly be reflected in bond heavy portfolios. September was no exception, with losses of just over 8% for investors in the broad UK government bond market. In our fully managed and socially responsible portfolios, we have maintained an underweight position to both corporate bonds and government bonds this year. And, and where we've rebalanced portfolios, we preferred US government bonds rather than those UK uh, gilt. And that's helped protect portfolios from the worst of the bond market losses. However, in line with our strict processes around risk, we won't avoid the asset class altogether. And so negative returns have been seen by our clients in those lower and mid-risk portfolios. Um, however, the subsequent higher bond yields do also indicate the potential for higher returns in the future. And so the bond market is starting to look more and more attractive compared to history in terms of its income potential, given that bond yields have now moved higher. And how about equity markets? How did they perform in September? It's also been another challenging month for global equities with the S&P 500 and the, the Nasdaq index in the US in particular having a difficult time of it at the end of September following more hawkish commentary from the Federal Reserve, which just remains laser focused in bringing inflation back to target. Now, overall, the S&P was down around 9.2%. 
Uh, in September, and the Nasdaq fell around 10.5% during the month. And given the fallout from the mini budget in the UK, it's no surprise that our local stock markets also saw losses, the FTSE 100 down around 5.2%, and the FTSE 250, more domestically focused, down 9.7%. So quite a negative month for smaller and medium-sized UK businesses. However, looking ahead, the FTSE 100 may actually be a beneficiary of the weaker pound sterling as it's home to many large multinational businesses, many of whom have greater foreign revenue share and revenue share in dollars, uh, and thus improving their earnings when revenues are converted into sterling. Further afield, other regional equity markets also followed a similar pattern. Emerging markets delivered losses of over 9%, while Japanese and European equities saw losses of just over 6% in September. Now, we appreciate that market volatility and falls in the values of portfolios can be stressful. And as always, while markets are volatile, it pays to be patient, to ignore the short-term noise, and to focus on your long-term investment goals. As always, you can find our up-to-date views on markets and the economy on our blog, Nutmeganomics. Thanks for your insight, James. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for joining us. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss in next month's Investor Update, you can contact us by email or on our social media channels. We look forward to seeing you next month. More information about this update is available in the description. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.